Dancing with your mum might not always seem like the coolest thing in the world, but it is if you're a Moroccan footballer. The images of Bufal and Hakimi shaking what their mamas gave them with their actual mamas have warmed hearts around the world, and the Atlas Lions have beaten Belgium, Spain and Portugal on their way to the semi-finals of the World Cup. For the first time ever, Africa will be represented in the final four, but the world champions France have shown they're in no hurry to surrender their crown. I'm Kevin Hatchard, and this is World Cup Only Better. Sure, Marco Hare has some fine moves on the dance floor, but this isn't the right forum to discuss or display those. Uh, Mark, we will discuss Morocco, though. What an incredible run they've had. I keep thinking injuries are going to catch up with them. I keep thinking we're going to see Roman Saiz on one leg, kind of still managing to clear the ball, still make tackles. But it, it feels like there's a lot of accumulated damage. It does. Uh, it felt like that coming into the Portugal game too. Um, I really wanted to be with Morocco really, really badly, but the team news wasn't great going into that match. And then when you saw the team sheets of no Masrari or Aguirre, you know, you did fear for them a, a bit. But to produce the same standard of performance again against another top-level opponent, I think it's just testament to, to the coaching staff and the players because they've shown remarkable unity and, and application and just the unquantifiables of desire and work rate. But you know, unfortunately for, for Morocco, despite sort of creating history, you know, breaking all those records, um, selection issues have worsened, as you say. You know, Sykes now looks unlikely to to play. Uh, they're hoping to have Masrawi back. You know, there was talk that it was not just a, a knock, but also a bit of a a, a bit of flu or, or cold. Um, Ziek and Hakimi have been playing with knocks throughout the competition. So you just got to hope that they're going to be fit enough to feature again. Because the drop-off in individual talent from those, those first-team players into the reserves is quite significant. Um, and I think, you know, saying that you could argue that the system from Regwawi is is much more important than the, you know, the individuals, the collective is, is far more imperative for Morocco than those individuals. But, you know, even still, it's hard to have as much faith as we would have if, say, Hakimi was missing, Ziyech was missing, um, or Amrabat. But, um, yeah, I mean, the data says, if you are a data-led punter or a data-led football fan, you would say that Morocco have been lucky to get here because they've lost the XG battle in every game. But I don't think that tells you the whole story whatsoever, really, because the system designed, um, you know, allows for that. It caters for that. You know, Morocco aren't expected to dominate the ball, dominate possession territory and expected goals, figures or the shot stats. But what they're achieving with what they're getting is is huge and it deserves massive plaudits because we talked about it before the, the game against Portugal. Um, you know, they are allowing teams possession, territory and opportunities, but they're really sort of limiting the quality of those opportunities. And I tweeted their possession figures, their shots on target conceded and the XG against across all five of their matches after the game against Portugal, because they've not had more than 41% of the ball in any of their games. And that was against Canada. They've averaged just 32% possession, yet they've conceded just uh, shots on target totals of two, three, zero, one, and three. So nine shots on target conceded in five games, one of which went to extra time. Um, and they're averaging just 32% of the ball, which is just amazing, really. And similarly, the, the highest XG conceded has been 1.35. That, funnily enough, was against Canada. But they've averaged just 0.95 XG against, which actually drops to 0.51 when you look at uh, open play figures as well. So just stunning stuff, really, considering how little of the ball they're seeing. 
But it's not just defensive mode either, because when they do turn the ball over, Buffal, Ziyech, Hakimi, El Naziri, they've all looked lively. They've all looked inventive. They've all looked capable of something. You know, El Naziri's leap for that goal was just stunning, really. But, um, you know, are they going to be good enough now to get the better of France, having seen off Spain, Portugal, Belgium, and they've held Croatia? You know, I don't want to sort of discount them just because we, we've seen this before. They've done it just time and time and again already in this competition. So, you know, I thought the, the Asian handicap line of plus one and a quarter was was bordering on close to a bet but at the minute we just don't know the team news so I, I can't really get involved in Morocco without knowing who's available who's not available um clearly they've, they've managed to pass the test without a couple of their stars last time out but you know how many times can you continue to do that um I'm not sure but at the moment it's just been amazing and <clears throat> I just want to give them a big sort of hats off because um while those underlying metrics don't look great, um, I think the fact that we can see with our eye test that uh, there's so much more than just uh, con- conceding a few shots on target. Odds compiler, tipster, and all-round superstar Mark Stinchcombe in our semi-final lineup. Stinch, you've said for quite some time now that you've been hugely impressed by mo- what Morocco have done because it's not just the fact that they're happy to give up shots, but they're low-quality shots. And when you've got a really good goalkeeper, which they do, in Yassine Bono, who was voted the best goalkeeper in La Liga last season, you can get away with that. So then you look at the coach, Wally Regragi, who's come in just a few weeks before the tournament, really, and he's not a nobody. He's won the African Champions League. He He has a track record. But what he's done is really quite remarkable, isn't it? Yeah, it's incredible. I'm, I'm trying to think of, you know, sort of telling my friends and that that don't look, you know, as deeply as, as we kind of do, how, you know, just how good a job they Morocco have done. I'm trying to think of a, an example at a club level, and I, I can't think of one that gives up so much possession but restricts the opposition to, to next to nothing. Sean Dyche's prime Burnley. <laughs> I think I think there was quite a few high quality chances that <laughs> Sean Dyche's opposition allowed, but that was the um, idea, though, right? From Burnley, wasn't that the idea that he might not have executed it very well? But that was the idea, wasn't it? They were kind of pro- probably, uh, but I wasn't aware that this tactical game plan existed, where you can cede so much possession but still not give up regular high quality chances I was thinking you know something like Diego Simeone's Atletico Madrid but they, they still do give up you know decent chances now and again but this Morocco team I, I feel like they reinvented this underdog I, I honestly I, I maybe the guys will know, will, will know better than me but I can't think of another example that they've just been so good at denying the opposition these quality chances like you just they're brave on the ball as well aren't they stinch they progress the ball through the press really really well it's not just they're not hoofers at all they're actually it's a really complex game plan and they're all really brave on the ball as well amrabat at the end of the portugal game did something absolutely wild he had rafael leao breathing down his neck he turned him and then weaved his way through about three players and i'm screaming at the screen just get rid of it just get mm-hmm. rid of it and he just calmly took three players out the game and started a counter-attack it's amazing yeah it's i think it's it's a good thing basically where they're taking advantage of that everybody plays out from the back nowadays. So they are alleviating a bit of the pressure a bit more regularly than perhaps underdogs were in previous uh, years and, and tournaments where they will pass out from the back. And the opposition has been giving them um, respect. So that does buy them some time. And then you have, like, you know, the front three aren't, you know, no hopers. You know, you've got El Nesri that plays for Sevilla, Ziek, you know, 
Ajax and Chelsea and Sofian Buffal that was, you know, um, moved to to Southampton and, and still plays at a decent level at Liga. And then the fullbacks, you know, from um, Inter Milan and and Bayern Munich. So you know, not no no hopers by any any stretch. But it's obviously as you as you rightly say to have the confidence in the pressure situations to, to still you know to play in that situation. So yeah, I just I can't sort of give them enough praise. You know, they've they've conceded one goal and it was an own goal. Like, you know, how, how, how or when has that ever, ever happened? Like, it's just un- unbelievable. Um, and, you know, like looking at the, the over under odds again, you know, unders is, is, is heavily odds on it. Again, you're not, unless France sort of go into an early lead or, you know, a two, two goal lead, I would say, I don't think that's not going to change Morocco's game plan. So again, you don't really want to be back in the overs in my mind. I mean, Morocco's games have seen just six goals in the five matches and, you know, to keep clean sheets against Spain, Portugal, Belgium and Croatia is just incredible. And obviously can, you know, they considered just nine shots per game in those matches and they considered just 4.5 expected goals. And that's, you know, it's only just over one per game. And to put that into context, France's odds here suggest they're going to score 1.7 goals. So that's a huge disparity. So actually that France 4-9 to nine is maybe a little short. Mark's right to sort of allude to team news. But, you know, look at the fact that Spain were 8-13 to 13 against Morocco. Uh, Portugal were 4-6. to six, And you've got France at 4-9 to nine in a semi-final. You know, in my mind, regardless of team ability or whatever, the further you go in the tournament, the more respect the underdog reserve, uh, deserves in terms of odds. So the more I believe the favourite needs to increase slightly, especially with the goal expectancy going down, goal expectancy goes down, the draw automatically goes up. That means the two teams, so the draw automatically shortens. That means the two teams should automatically go up a little bit. That can't just be on one side. I do believe the favourite should go up a little bit as well. And look, you know, I haven't really spoken much about France so far, but they haven't been amazing, have they? You know, against England, I think we're happy to suggest they weren't the better team overall. Um, they are missing a lot of key players. You know, Benzema, Kante, Pogba, Hernandez at fullback, Kimpembe. <laughs> I always think that Larissa's maybe got a mistake in him, but perhaps he did outside Carrie Kane for that that second penalty. You know, and Larissa does have a below average penalty save record as well. Um, so I'm a little bit disappointed there that he wasn't tested. So yeah, I think it's it's fascinating. Yeah, we'd like to see a bit more team news. So again, I've sort of gone down the the side bets mentioned on previous podcasts that France have been of scoring a lot of their goals um, with the ball arriving from wide. And you look at statistically, they're delivering the the seventh most crosses per game with 21. Uh, Put that number into context. Mexico at the most with 27. Costa Rica last with seven. So you see that 21 is, is fairly high. And no surprise, really, Morocco are allowing the second most crosses per game in the tournament with 24. Obviously, they're playing with this low block. They're shuffling the ball out wide and then relying on their you know, fantastic organisation defensively to, to win headers and, and clear the ball. But considering they're allowing all these crosses and France are playing with that style, I was quite happy to look down um, Olivier Giroud-related markets. And I thought I'd found a couple of good ones. He's averaging 1.8 headers per game. Um, which is which is quite high, um, and he's having 1.5 uh, shots on target per game. So I thought Giroud to have one headed shot on target at six to four was quite nice, and I would also be very interested in the the two plus at nine to one. Um, as I say, if France are putting in cross after cross, 
then I do believe that Giroud is capable of winning one or two of these and directing the ball towards the goal. And he's also been boosted from six to one to eight to one to score a header. Um, I prefer the two headed shots on target rather than to score the actual header as it doesn't need the ball to go in the net, just needs the ball to travel towards the goal and ultimately the goalkeeper to to save it. Um, so yeah, on a, on a game with very, very fine margins, I think maybe it's something here that France might look to take advantage of considering obviously we don't know the injury and fitness levels of the first choice Moroccan centre-backs. The punting professor, trader Jason Murphy's here. Jason, Obviously, Morocco have been incredible, but I want to talk a little bit about France as well, because Stitch is right. So many injuries, but in a weird way, Didier Deschamps has almost stumbled upon this idea of getting the old band back together because Giroud, Mbappe, Griezmann, it's working incredibly well. Griezmann playing in a slightly deeper role. And there's an argument to say Griezmann has been the player of the tournament, isn't it? Yeah, very solid arguments. Uh, 20 to 1 shot at the moment on the golden ball. We spoke about Messi and Modric on the previous pod, but Griezmann actually won player of the tournament at Euro 2016. And again, it's a different version of himself and what he's doing linking defence and attack. And his work rate, those those little, are the cynical? I, I don't know, but those fouls you would have seen against England he was making on the halfway line, that's stopping the ball getting to a Foden or a Saka and it's allowing France to get set. So Griezmann, he's been brilliant in all phases of play. Um his assist uh, the other night for Drew to cross from the left-hand side, it's perfect. There's, it's, it's so frustrating as a defender because if the cross is perfect, like if you have two centre-backs, one takes the front post, one takes from the penalty spot to the back post, and if the ball is just perfect and it's on the striker's head, there's very little you can do as a defender. It's just a sublime cross. So Griezmann, I, I think, yeah, he's a fair shout, but as as Stinch alluded to there, given given where it is and who plays for PSG, you know, it's probably it's probably price right, and you'll have to see as good as Griezmann's been, you'll have to see something exceptional for for it to happen. I.e., Messi, you know, not to get to the final, but also for Griezmann to be that much better than Mbappe if France go on to win it. So that's that's probably why it's the price that it is. Uh, while we're talking about Griezmann, he he is the tip. I, I, one of the tips I'm looking for in this game is two to one to provide an assist, anytime assist in the 90 minutes. Uh, he's expected assist for the tournament, 2.6. He's actually assisted three goals. And that role he's played, I think Griezmann will be a differential that the Moroccans will struggle to deal with, that the that Spain didn't quite have, that Portugal didn't quite have. Griezmann, where he'll pick up and sit in those little pockets, move across the pitch, might just help to pull that Moroccan defensive line out of shape. Um, Morocco have been absolutely brilliant uh, and they are rewriting what an underdog can do. So if you remember Street Fighter 2, we used to hate this with the cousins because what they do is they pick Dal Sim yeah. and they hide in the bottom corner of the screen and they throw that little weak kick that goes the length of the screen and never come out of the corner. And that's what underdogs used to do. But Morocco are so much better than that. First of all, it's not a weak kick. When they attack, they look dangerous. Between Buffal Zayek, they look very dangerous on the attack when they do break. But the way they're setting up, they're not as deep as you think. And watch this when they're playing against France. Watch the back four, back five. It's a good five, ten yards outside the box. It's really close to the midfield line. So they're happy free to play it in behind. They're not actually camp under box the way you might think. And the lads have alluded to the stats just to give a different kind of angle on it. They are giving up eight and a half shots, nine shots per game. For every shot you give up, you're expecting about 30-35% of those shots to be actually on target, as in not to be blocked, not to go off target, but need an interaction from the keeper to stop it hitting the back of the net. 
Morocco for their shots that they've conceded, only 17% have actually been on target. And wow, so about half of what you'd expect. Exactly. And and part of that is headers. Headers normally don't hit the target as much. Um, and that's what they're doing. They're they're forcing you while you putting the ball in. And they're just they're just brilliant at what they do. And Aaron Bach, that moment that you spoke about was incredible. Like in the bottom corner, injury time, to pick the ball up and just come out with it and keep the head up and pick a pass was exceptional. When you're looking at that, he's he's been so good in this tournament that the level he's playing that you're almost saying, get him in the seniors. Like he's so much better. Like he's dominating games so much, he's getting so much work done that you're thinking he should be playing at a higher level. But this is the World Cup. It's it's the highest level international football you can play, and he's looked absolutely brilliant. Having said all that, with this setup, you still ride your luck. I think Pepe should score. Soler yeah. hits the post just before penalties. You do ride your luck in this, and the light for Morocco, the celebrations are brilliant. But as a neutral, as a fan of football, I just, part of me doesn't want to see Morocco in the final for the spectacle of what it was, what it would be. I don't mind watching Hakimi dancing with his mother. I don't think it's great entertainment, but fair enough. But just what would actually happen in terms of the football final, I think we want France to get there in either a rematch against Croatia or Messi and Mbappe, that whole narrative. But fair play to Morocco, and it's more than just your traditional underdog. But for points alluded to, Griezmann, I think he can find those little pockets that it just didn't happen. Bernardo Silva, you know, it just just didn't see it. Asensio, I don't think he'll be as clever as Giroud. And where you did see Morocco get a bit of trouble was when Nico Williams came on. Ferran yes. Torres was very poor. And I thought Rafael Leal was well when he came on. That out wide with a bit of speed, you know, I think you'll get that from Dembele from the start and that can cause problems for this Morocco team. You're going to get what you get from Mbappe. So at the prices, Spain went off about 8 to 13. Stinch is right. The, the longer you go in the tournament, you know, if Spain were to play Morocco again, Spain are a bigger price. You're rating on Morocco improves. But because of the team news and because France are rated a bit better than Spain, I I think that price on France to win in 90 minutes, I mean, it's a bit silly. Human nature, the reason you won't put your hand in the fire twice is because you've been burnt already. But I'm just looking at that France price. And despite what Morocco have done, I, th- I think France at that price are really good. And Griezmann at 2-1 to one for an anytime assist if you're looking for a bet. If you're just wondering, by the way, how you deal with that Delcim situation, you get Ken and you spam Hadorkins from the other side of the screen. And that's how you beat Delcim if somebody hides in the corner. That's uh, me and Jason's misspent youth there uh, that we're talking about. Uh, that may or may not make any sense to Mark O'Hare. What does make sense to him is football betting. How are you approaching this one? Yeah, so um, we don't have any prices right now, which is a bit of a shame, but um, I'll tell you my plan of action, which is basically to take the passing lines of France's centre-halves. So we expect France to have at least 60% of the ball because Morocco haven't had more than 41% of possession in any of their games. So if we take France having 60% of the ball, the majority of which will be around the centre-halves, as tends to be the case. And, And Morocco, if you watch the way in which they do defend, they are happy to see possession. And they are quite happy to have the, the centre-halves having possession. But as soon as the ball goes into midfield, all the full-backs, that's when the press comes on. So invariably, the centre-halves end up having probably more passes than they tend to do in an average league game anyhow. And I think that's reflected in the numbers so far. So I'll just quickly um, put them together. So Croatia had, uh, or sorry, Morocco had 35% of the ball against Croatia. Lovren had 90 passes, Cavadio 115 Morocco had 33% of the ball against Belgium. Alderweireld had 100 passes, Vertonghen 103, 
Canada, Morocco had 61% uh, of the ball. Miller had 87%. Vittoria, 80 uh, against Spain. They had 23% of the ball. Rodri made 223 attempted passes. <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> Uh, and Laporte was 184, and they had 27% of the ball against Portugal. Pepe attempted 103, and Diaz was 95, and Diaz played the last, what, 10 or 15 minutes as a centre-forward in that game. So what we've seen is basically all 10 centre-halves have each attempted a minimum of 80 passes uh, against Morocco, um, with Canada's centre-halves being the lowest of 80 and 87. Um, overall, those 10 players average 118 passes. Um, if you exclude Spain, it still hits 97. So... What I'll be doing is backing Upamecano and Varane in a double, basically to have 90 or more passes, um, having a look around the market. If you double them both up to hit 90 or more attempted passes, you should be looking at at least a three to one shot. If if Jason and his team are generous, you might even get five to one. But um, yeah, I think the 70 plus will be too <laughs> <Eight> low. <laughs> but uh, eagerly awaiting to see the lines because um, you should be getting around five to six on them to hit around uh, 85, 90 passes. So, um, you know, double that up. You should be getting three to one-ish minimum. Yeah, Jason's just kind of tapping an email out to somebody saying <laughs> make it evens. Sorry, Stinch. I was going to say what happens if France go two goals up, for example, Will that mean Morocco come out and play a bit more and the France defence are pressed a bit and maybe they bypass those centre-backs? I guess, games, does game state come into it, Mark? Uh, it can do, but we've had all sorts of different game states in the competition so far. So, um, you know, Morocco don't tend to dominate the ball. You know, that's fact. That's before the current head coach was in, in situ anyhow. And I think if France are in the lead and 2-0 up, I mean, they're probably going to try and keep possession of the ball as much as they can. So, um, yeah, of course, game state is 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 uh, something to bear in mind. But, um, yeah, I think France are the better team and I think they're better at keeping the ball. So, you know, they're, they're just lines I'm quite happy to take. I think there's been, even before this competition, in, in the friendlies and stuff, it's something I've noticed as well. But, yeah, I mean, just take Spain out of the equation. Even Canada passes uh, has been going in quite comfortably. So I think France can do similar, regardless of what happens in terms of the result. I love that Rodri had over 200 passes. That's, That's a record most, as well, I think. Must um, be the most predictable thing of the World <laughs> Cup so far. Uh, this football season, get a helping hand with Betfair's popular bet builder. Easily add our most popular or fan favourite football selections to your bet slip in just one tap. T's and C's in the description. 18 plus. See gambleaware.com. Org. Well, that's all we have time for on this edition of World Cup Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. If you want the best tips and insight delivered straight to your inbox, then you can sign up for our World Cup newsletter by going to betting.betfair.com and lots of lovely preview content on there, not just from football, from lots of different sports as well. From Jason, from Mark, from Stinch and from me, it's goodbye for now.